welcome to the Addiction Connection podcast, connecting the hope of the gospel with the heart of addiction. I'm your host, Mark Shaw, and we are in a special series where we are debunking the myths of addiction. And today I have a guest with me who should be no stranger to you. Hopefully, if you're listening to the podcast, you have heard Lou Samaritano before. Hi, Lou. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Mark. Good to hear from you. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm excited to have you on here because you're a thinker, you're very bright, and um, and you're a New Yorker, so you're already way brighter than I'll ever be. Um, <laughs> you guys are just That's fast. Myth. That's another myth. <laughs> I don't know. Because of those things you said. They're very bright, and I'm New Yorker, smarter than you. They're both we have to debunk those. Yeah, those are I've I've created two <laughs> new myths. Huh? <laughs> That's great. Well, no, I mean you guys are so fast, you you think so quickly, and you know, and so I'm like, man, mm-hmm. I got to be on my A game with Lou. I can't. Uh, yeah. I got to bring it. So uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll go easy on you, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's good. I'm, slow it, I'm slowing it down. As <laughs> us country slow bumpkins, we need that. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> um, well, we're going to talk about two myths today from a book by Dr. Lance Dodes, and it's a secular book called The Heart of Addiction. And mm-hmm. I have a book by the same name. It's kind of funny. But yeah. Dr. Dodes is uh, not a Christian. There's some things in his book that we would agree with and that we see as observations. And one of those, to me, are these myths. Like, we agree with these myths. But what I think we we would agree about with Dr. Dr. Dodes as well is he doesn't take these myths far enough. He doesn't, uh, you know, go the the biblical route. And, um, and I think the problem that I have there is, um, you know, he doesn't see it as a spiritual problem. He sees uh, addiction more as a heart issue of anger, and that's the root of it. And we would say, well, it's sin and anger and fear and all those things kind of come to play with addiction. We mm-hmm. certainly don't deny them. But uh, but there, this is a spiritual problem. And so Dodes nails the, the Miz. We just want to take them further um, than he does. So anyway, that's that's kind of the idea. And so I want to read myth six, and then we'll get to seven in a minute. And then I want to start out with scripture. But um, myth number six first says this, you should be treated by someone who also has an addiction. And he says this is a myth, and we would agree with that. Because in, in other words, it takes an addict to help another addict limiting anyone else from helping. And I want to read scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through, I want to read through 7. I might stop at 5. We'll see, Lou, how far I go. But here's verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of, of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those or in, in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's suffering, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. And it goes on to say some other good things in the next couple of verses, but I'll stop there because I think that that is a good 
passage to kind of help us as we think about this myth of you should be treated by someone who also has an addiction. So, Lou, I'll mm-hmm. turn it over to you now. That was a long intro, but thanks for your patience. Very good. <laughs> Very good, Mark. Um, yeah, so um, I, I think we've certainly in the church and certainly in the culture at large, uh, we're looking at things uh, quite differently now than we did maybe even uh, 10 years ago, certainly 50 years ago. Um, but in, in regards to, you know, should does somebody have to be an addict to help another addict? I mean, I think there are, sometimes there are helps in that. But ultimately, it's God who changes people. Uh, it's God who changes the heart. Um, as you said uh, in your little blurb that you said to me, addicts aren't special sinners, right? Requiring only addicts to counsel them. Yeah. Uh, because sin is basically uh, something that we're all infected with. I'm going to use that word loosely there. Yeah. Uh, not as a disease, but as just the, the warp and woof of our, our souls. We, we, because of the fall, sin has come in, and sin manifests itself in so many different ways. And what I have in common with everybody that I counsel is that I'm also a person that has been affected by sin. Now, because of my Savior, uh, sin does not have dominion over me any longer. Um, I'm set free uh, by that, but I still it's still a struggle. It's still a struggle with all of us. And so I can empathize with somebody that's dealing with uh, any kind of a sin and realizing, but for the grace of God, go I. Um, so I believe that when I sit down with somebody, I have, what can really change their lives. And that's why I love biblical counseling. Yes. Um, if it was dependent on my wisdom, and even though I'm a New Yorker and I'm really bright, as you said, that's not really true, but I am a New Yorker. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. The bottom line is a uh, human wisdom can change the human heart. Only the wisdom of God can do that. And Amen. the word of God is sufficient and can be ministered to anyone uh, who has, the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling in them, right? That's Uh, right. The Word of God changes hearts. All scriptures, God-breathed, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So why? That's so. What does it do that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work? Thoroughly. And God does not lie. He's not a liar. And God's Word is sufficient, authoritative, inerrant, and we can count on that. The man of God is not, doesn't have to look for something else outside of God's word uh, to help people. We have what we need. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. And part of that work is helping people that are struggling with addiction. Um, because, again, they're not special sinners, as you said. Yeah, the uh, problem I think I have with the, with the idea that it takes one addict to help another addict mm. is that it eliminates people from helping the addicted and the addicted mm-hmm. need all the help they can get. And they're not exactly. this special class of super center that it only mm-hmm. takes, you know, it, it only takes medical information because this is a disease or it only takes an addict to help an mm-hmm. addict, you know, that's just a, a myth that has to be debunked. And I think biblically you've just done that with helping us to mm. to think about, you know, 
It really is the Spirit of God and the Word of God, and anyone can help an addict, which is why I read the Second Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 yeah. through 5. Because he says in there, who comforts us in all our affliction, verse 4, mm. so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. So any it's not saying you've got to be this to help with that. It's like mm. you can help them mm. with anything because it's God that brings mm. the comfort through us. And I, I like Amen. what you said. Yeah. Amen. We have hope in that, that we know that God can change the human heart. Yeah. Um, I think what happens is the uh, psychology has really have not dealt with the real core issues and that's sin. And unfortunately people then are bound up in with these labels, you know, an alcoholic or, you know, ADHD or whatever it is, or, you know, uh, sexaholic. And I got this, this condition and, you know, it's gotta be something wrong with me. Uh, or, and again, uh, where, where am I going to get help from? I need to get another, somebody that's dealing with this to maybe, at least they can't certainly cure me, but they can maybe help me. They can empathize with me. Yeah. But, but you know, that's not really what the Bible says. I and mean, imagine the Apostle Paul, you know, at Corinth saying, well, yeah, I see you're having a problem with drinking and you're a drunkard. Let me see if I can find another uh, drunkard to help you. Maybe there's somebody out there, because I can't, because I'm not a drunk. I never dealt with that. That would be kind of odd, right? So right. That, <laughs> <laughs> that would be. Paul it's a... said, right? Well, well, you know, a pastor, right? A pastor can't doesn't need to go around looking for everybody that's dealing with the same sin that they're, you know, counseling that person with to, to help them. They right. Don't need that. No. I mean, and, and that's not even true in the uh, secular psychology, psychology world of counseling. I mean, you know, people aren't running around going, well, you know, I've never been a prostitute, so I can't help you. I mean, that, you know... Right. A therapist, right. a psychiatrist, they're going to help someone despite that. So we, we're no different. And, and uh, you know, we're not discounting testimonies. Man, it's great. When you hear sure. a sure. testimony yeah. of somebody who's been where you've been, mm -hmm. did what mm -hmm. you did, and God rescued mm -hmm. them, we want mm -hmm. testimonies. That's, that's for sure. But this idea that you have to be, I think it really comes from the 12th step, which says uh, of, of 12 steps, the 12th says, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Well, the idea of carrying the message to other people who struggled like you, that, that's a good principle of service and helping other people and trying to rescue them from the same fire that you've been rescued from, you know, and so it, there's an inspir inspiration there in this 12th step, but the problem there, um, and I have a lot of problems actually with that, that step. Um, even the first part, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, I mean, Bill W didn't even have a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. He, um, his spiritual awakening came differently than all that. Then he wrote the steps so he didn't even have a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. But my spiritual awakening right. came from a result of the Holy Spirit and God's word working in my heart. So, um, but but they're they're trying to help people, and I think that's the one thing in twelve steps that I really like. But I think they go too far to say, well, it takes an alcoholic to help an alcoholic, and that's become their myth that we're debunking right now. And we're saying, no, it's the word of God. That's what you're saying. Yeah, 
exactly. You know, again, I remember uh, two people that were influential in leading me to know Christ. Uh, they, you know, they had spoken how they were delivered from uh, all kinds of addictions. And, uh, and it wasn't by other people that had the issue of addictions. It was through the Word of God that they were transformed from the inside out. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's the key. We always have to go back to, I mean, certainly, you know, we're the messengers, but, you know, it's, it's the message that changes people. And no doubt, you know, our lives do count. And as you said, Mark, you know, our, our testimony is, you know, God uses that. Yeah. But it's not the power of God unto salvation. <laughs> that's, that's the word of God. The word of God is the power of God unto salvation. That's right. And, uh, that's really where people are set free. You know, um, you know, the reality is that, um, you know, the issue of, of, uh, of, of change is something that, again, we have in the Word of God. His divine power, right, has granted to us everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him, right, through that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ who called us by His own glory and goodness. And then it says, through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises. Why? So that through them we may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Again, that's, again, it's his power. It's his word. It's his promises that enable us to escape the corruption of this world. And certainly, again, that corruption that's in our hearts. And praise God for that, that we, we know that we can sit down with anybody and no matter what they say, we know really what the core issues are, right? Uh, we know that it's, yes, maybe, maybe manifesting in one person's life as an addictive behavior. Um, and one, it may be more pr- pride. One, it may be more, you know, whatever it is, uh, sex addiction. It could be. Uh, hatred, anger, the bottom line is we have what we need because at the core of their being, they need a new heart. And even as believers, right, we're not only are we saved, excuse me, justified, but we're also being sanctified. And, you know, God's word does that, you know. But the problem is if we don't tell people the truth, they're not going to be set free, right? That's right. And that's the key, the truth, the truth alone will set people free. Well, and before we get to the next myth, I want to make sure mm-hmm. I mention abiblicalcounselor.com is your website, and you mm-hmm. offer biblical counseling to those in the New York area. I know New York's a big state, and what, what specifically, what area are you in uh, exactly? Yeah, I'm in Sayville. I'm in Sayville, Long Island. Okay. So I'm not in the city. Um, so, uh, you know, it's kind of like mid-island, I guess. And uh, close to all the major thoroughfares, you know, the LIE and the Southern State, the Sunrise, pretty close to the Northern State. So, so easy to get to. I also do Skype, uh, that kind of counseling. So. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, what a resource, yeah. you know. And, and, yeah. um, and, and you're a gentle soul. That's what I appreciate about you, too. I mean, it's it's sitting down with people, opening the word of God, not judging them like people are so, you know, but people are nervous about coming in for counseling help. It's a, it takes yeah some boldness and to say, man, yeah. I really got to yeah. get help. And you're someone I think that uh, they would really open up to if they 
So well, I do realize that, and I appreciate that. I do realize that it's not a big step. A lot of times people are coming in, and I've heard people where they said, you know, I was in my car before I came. I go, should I? I was, I was afraid to come in. Yeah. You know, so I right away tell them, listen, you know, you're, you're amongst friends here. You're, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm here to help you. You know, and you know, I'm a, a fellow believer, or if they're not believers, you know, I'm a, you know, man that has struggled with sin as well, and in, in, in the past, and I still do. So, but we had, we were going to go to the one who knows uh, how to help us. That's right. Encourage people in that way. But, you know, people um, are entrapped by all kinds of sins, uh, you know, addictions and, you know, all of this and that. The, the reality is that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the Spirit of God, we can be set free. That's what, what uh, Paul writes, right, in First uh, Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. He says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God, do not be deceived, and he has all these sins, sexual moral, idolaters, adulterers, or men who practice homosexuality, or thieves, or greedy, nor drunkards will inherit the kingdom of God. But then he says this, which I love to encourage people with, but you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, yes. and by the Spirit of God. And then he goes on and says, such was some of you, I thought you were washed, right? You were that way at one point. You're not that. You're different. You don't identify with that anymore. That's one of the things I I dislike so much about, you know, uh, putting uh, this term upon people's lives. You're an alcoholic. You're a sexaholic. You're a kleptomaniac. Whatever it is, diagnoses, that they can never get free, set free of that. But the Bible says we can be set free uh, by the Lord. Right? As we look upon him, you know, as we will unveil face, beholding his glory, we're transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. And this happens through the Lord, who is the Spirit, not from me, not from my testimony. It's the Lord uh, that changes the human heart. And you know, praise God, what a blessing that we have uh, God's Word to be able to minister to others and to point them to the one that can truly set them free, right? Yeah. You know, the people around us are looking at, you know, to men and men's ideas. Uh, the problem is that they're not capable of changing the heart, and they're always changing. God's Word doesn't change, you know. And people don't need just uh, a change of behavior. They need a, a supernatural transformation by the power of God, and that's supernatural. And we point them to that, and again, that's why we continue to encourage people, be in the Word of God, be in prayer. He's the one that can change you. He came to save us, again, as I said before, not just from that penalty of sin, but really to, to get rid of those chains, to break those chains that have uh, encumbered us from living a life that pleases them. Amen. And that's a great lead-in to this myth number seven, which Dr. Dodes, said, Dr. Dodes says addiction is basically a problem of brain chemistry. So that's the myth, and we agree that it is a myth. Addiction is basically a problem of brain chemistry. Now here, I, I got to tell a funny story here. So I went to a training, I don't know, it was probably 25 years-ish ago where they started they started talking about addiction as uh, initial. B before that, I'd always heard it was a 
a theory, a, a, a disease concept. It was a theory. It was an idea. Then I started going about 25 years ago. I heard this guy talk about disease. the disease of addiction is now a brain chemistry problem. That was kind of the first time I'd heard of that. And so it was a brain disease. And then I started saying that. So I remember asking him and saying, well, sir, if it's a brain disease, what are you doing differently now to treat it? And he was saying, well, we basically do the same thing we've always done. <laughs> and I thought, you know, how hilarious that is. Like now you have this new revelation that it's a brain chemistry problem and a brain disease, which is a myth. And you're doing the same thing you've done for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years, however long they, they were doing that. And so um, that's kind of my funny story. But the myth here is addiction is basically a problem of brain chemistry. So I'll let you speak to that, Lou. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, as, as you know, there's no study identifies a specific gene linked to addiction, right? Um, that's right. You know, people in society at large as well as in the church um, you know, they've often changed the issue of simple choices and kind of renamed it uh, to become a medical issue. Um, kind of reminds me of, you know, Genesis 3. You know, it's that blame-shifting aspect of life. Yeah. Well, it's not me. It's the, it's, it's the issue of my, the gene that I, you know, my, my father was a drinker or my grandfather. And then again, we, we know that certainly... Um, the way we're brought up can have an effect on us, but it doesn't bind us. That's not, that's upbringing. That's the, the nurture, but the as, aspect of, do we have some kind of a gene linked to addiction? I mean, nobody has found that gene if it's out there. Um, and sins of addiction, as well as, as other sins, right? They've been taken out of the category of sin and placed into the category of sickness. Um, I don't know if you've ever read the book, by David Tyler, yeah. yep. uh, deceptive diagnosis yeah. when sin is called sickness. And he just talks about how, you know, they renamed everything. Like first Corinthians talks about, you know, a thief is not going to inherit the kingdom of God. We, we call them now kleptomaniacs. So if somebody comes in and say, well, I have a problem with kleptomania. Do you have any answers? Well, you know, they renamed, uh, well, I know you're a thief, but the, the issue of kleptomaniac is not something that's biblical. Right. You know, a sex addict, right? Those sexually immoral. Now it's a sex addict, uh, rebellious child, right? They're they have the uh, oppositional defiant disorder uh, problem. And maybe that's some kind of a, a gene in there, or the liar. Now he's a compulsive liar, a gambler, compulsive gambler. Um, you know, a person that's an idolater could be, you know, OCD. It's all these different things that we rename. Uh, we name uh, sin to be uh, sickness, as he writes in his book. Um, David Tyler and Kirk Radio wrote that book, Deceptive Di Diagnosis When Sin is Called Sickness. And again, it seems, again, I've experienced, I've experienced it where, you know, you have somebody come in. I remember a woman that came in years ago and, uh, you know, she had a problem with drinking. And, you know, I told her, you know, I mean, I don't like right off the bat saying you're a drunkard and, you know, that kind of thing. I don't I'm, like you said, you have to be <laughs> gentle and gracious to people. Right. Uh, but, you know, eventually, you know, the, the 800 pound gorilla is in, in the room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're making sinful choices. And I remember she was not happy. She's not happy to hear it. And then I gave her the pamphlet 
and you're probably familiar with this. Uh, what do you do when you know you're, you're hooked? Yeah. Like Jay Adams, <laughs> I gave her that. And that was her homework. And it was, it, she came back again a couple more times, but I, I, you know, she was listening, but she was upset. I saw her a couple months later and she was a changed person. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying it was me because I know it wasn't me because it was me. She wouldn't be changed. But the Holy Spirit worked in her um, and, and started to change her. And she somehow, although she was offended, and the point being is that, again, we know, we've seen that. You know, we've seen that where people that have had, uh, like I said before, um, that about the two people that were influential in my life, they, you know, had problems with addiction. You know, one was a heavy drinker and smoker. Uh, one was uh, heavy into drugs. Uh, sexual morality, and both of them, they became Christians. They were just transformed. And that was, it was so amazing to see, you know, because when they told me, they did tell me about their testimony. It was, they said, you know, God's power, God's power in their life can, uh, can change people. Praise God for that, right? That's right. Um, and we do people no favors uh, in removing the truth about what God says and their, their own, you know, accountability to do what's right. And, and again, it's not comfortable. It seems, you know, some people may say it's, it's insensitive and cruel to speak about sin, right? And, but it's actually insensitive and cruel not to speak about the truth, obviously in love, obviously in love. And again, uh, that's sometimes we fall off one side of the proverbial donkey or the other, right? We're either too... <laughs> Uh, so-called, I'm going to use it in quotes, loving, but I, can't, I don't think you can be loving and not truthful, but we'll, we'll tend to be, you know, hide some of it. Maybe we'll tell them next year. Well, that's not going to help them. They need to hear the truth, uh, you know, now. And praise God that, you know, again, it's, you know, it's, it's uh, those that, uh, you know, confess their sins, find mercy, right? That's as it says in Proverbs. Um, so when they, they come to that place of realizing that it's their own sin, they know where to go, but they know that the Savior is Jesus Christ. And that's why he came. He came to seek and to save the lost. He demonstrated his love for us in this. But we're still sinners. Christ died for us. They don't have to clean themselves up to come. In fact, he came for them as they are. And then he starts to bring about that change. Yeah, I think the danger of this whole myth of my addiction is basically a problem of brain chemistry mm. is that it's shifting the blame to something that's physical um, and in a way, and it really makes Christ and the gospel irrelevant, not useful for that. I mean, you know, Jesus does heal mm. people, um, but you know it, it takes the blame away and and um, it it shifts it to something else. That's well, it's brain chemistry. I mean, that's not that's not my fault. A lot of people have some real physical illnesses and brain chemistry problems and all that. And I think this mm. one, like what you're talking about, when you call. Mm a sin problem and make it into a disease. And I love that book. People have told me, oh, that book's harsh. I thought, it's not harsh enough. I mean, you know, <laughs> it, 
I agree. It's so good because it's telling us all the different ways that we take sinful behavior and sinful thoughts and turn it into disease language, brain chemistry Mm -hmm. language that shifts the blame from my heart to something that is physical. And, And then I think that does violence to the message of the gospel and the message of Jesus Christ. And that's exactly. what you're talking about here. And so, and there's yeah. not proof out there that this not is a biological true. or genetic problem. It's just that that's just not true. There's not evidence that supports that. And yet we hear so much about evidence-based right. ministry or, or evidence-based programs and all this. Yeah. It's really yeah. not. I know. I know. Yeah. I think about how we change words, you know, um, you know, now, you know, what used to be the term gay is, right? It used to be, you know, something happy yeah. is, you know, is basically a homosexual. You know, with the word drunkard, and it sounds harsh, you're drunkard. <laughs> yeah. And it is. It is harsh in a way. But it's simple. But here's the here's the thing. That's why Jesus came. That's right. That's why he was slaughtered for us. It is harsh. Sin is wicked. And what we want to do is we want to minimize how wicked it is. But that doesn't help us. It's like saying, you know, you have uh, some kind of horrible illness, and you go to the doctor. He says, "Hey, you look great to me," and you walk out the door and you drop dead. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's not loving. That's, that's not loving, you know. Um, and biblical words bring conviction to yeah. help us to repent. I mean, you yeah. know, and not fall in love with ourselves or blame our parents, mm-hmm. or our genetics, or our brain chemistry, yeah. or whatever. It's meant to say, yeah. Mark, your heart, your desires are the problem, and you've got to uh, say no to your flesh and say yes to me by the Spirit, you know, and desire right. what the Spirit desires and do what God right. has called you to do. So, yeah. Right, right. And again, how can people be set free from their sin and idolatry? Well, and again, as, we, as I quoted, First Corinthians 6, 9, you know, and such were some of you, 6, 9 through 11, right? They were drunkards, they were swindlers, they were, you know, homosexual offenders, all this. But, you know, God in his grace, by his power, right? You know, you were, you were justified, you were sanctified, you know, yeah. you were washed, you know, by his power. So there is hope. That's the beauty of it. It's not something like the rest of my life. Oh, I'm an alcoholic. I'm an alcoholic. No, no, no. Wait a second. If you're set free from the sun by Jesus Christ, you know, you're not an alcoholic. You're a child of the living God. That's right. And how, how, how do you get better than that? You know, what's more exciting? What's more freeing than the truth? Right. Right. And, and, and so sad, but that's what culture wants to do. But sadly enough, Mark, as you know, even even the church has been infiltrated by these things, and it's it's so scary. It's yeah. really, you know, it's so scary that so, like you said before, then the gospel loses its the preciousness of it because we minimize sin. As you minimize sin, then being saved doesn't seem like as big of a deal. Well, you know, I wasn't that bad. You know, I had this chemical problem in my <laughs> brain, but I was yeah. a pretty good guy otherwise. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, said, you know, um, and that's know, a great uh, point. I, yeah, I had somebody in, um, you know, not too long ago, and she said that uh, they said that their child had oppositional defiance 
disorder. And now they came in for something else, but, and I didn't get a chance to talk about that, but that's, that's, and, and I remember them saying that their son would say to them, I don't know if my decisions are made because of this diagnosis or, or I'm doing it myself. You see what happens? It's like not me anymore doing yeah, it. Yeah, right. And that's entrapping, you're entrapping this, this young person. It's just it's just so sad that people are buying into this lie, and it's amazing how insidious it is. Because as as it says in Isaiah, you know, we we put a bitter for sweet, sweet for bitter, light for darkness, darkness for light. You know, all those kinds of things. We're changing things, and it's making it look like it's actually nice and gentle and loving to say, "Oh, but it's not your fault. You have a brain problem." Right. And, but what are we doing? We're entrapping them. We're entrapping them and we're actually inoculating them from the gospel. That's right. You know, and, and, uh, Dodes, I want to give Dr. Dodes credit. You know, obviously I don't agree with him a hundred percent, um, maybe not even 50%, but the, uh, Mm -hmm. the, the thing he mentions in the book is, that identical twins where one is in, yeah. is labeled an yeah. alcoholic, and again, we mm-hmm. don't like that word, but that's his word. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. One twin's an alcoholic, and the other is more likely, statistically, greater, greater than 50%, more mm-hmm. likely to not be an alcoholic. So you have one twin alcoholic, the other twin is more likely not to be and so these are two people who share the same genes, the same DNA, um, because they're twins. And yet studies show, according to Dr. Dodes, that they are not necessarily both going to be alcoholics. So that shows you that it's not a genetic thing mm-hmm. if it's the opposite that's happening. And yet... We keep hearing these myths of brain chemistry and genes and and genetic, you know, all that DNA kind of uh, junk that's out there promoting this. And what you said, I think, is so true that scares me is the church believes Mm -hmm. it. The church believes cultural ideas much more than it embraces biblical Mm -hmm. truth that would set them free, set the church free if they allowed it. And so I remember counseling someone, he came in and he had all those ODD and ADHD and a bunch of different um, diagnoses that he thought explained what he had. And his mom was there with him. He was a younger guy, like a teenager. And I remember talking to them about it and they did not want to let go of those diagnoses because mm. it really made them feel better about themselves. Yeah. But I don't think they were really born again. And this kid mm. was hanging on to, well, these labels are my fault. It's not my sin problem in my heart. And, and that's what you're talking about today, which is, is so good for people to hear this, that, we need to just call sin, sin. We can't change something, you know, by uh, making it sound better. The kleptomania, I mean, that's 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 such a good example. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the Bible talks about being a thief. 
And thief is a convicting right. word, yeah. but it's meant to bring change. Yeah. And being a thief yeah. is misery for you, and it and it's unloving toward other people when you're stealing their stuff. Yeah. So God right. is not pleased right. with that. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. And, and again, it, we take away the power of God's word to change people. It's like, you know, Paul, you know, 2,000 years ago didn't really have everything he needed to help people. You know, the, the the man of God wasn't equipped for every good work because we don't have what some of these great minds are telling us today. We don't have all this understanding. And obviously you can get into the psychology and, you know, all that kind of, uh, you know, nonsense. But the reality is renaming, as, as Dr. Tyler does so well, you know, we're naming a sin and we're calling it sickness. So then again, uh, you know, it's not the grace of God, as it says in, in Titus, uh, has appeared. It, it, it doesn't train us now to renounce ungodliness, right, in worldly fashion. That's right. Because we have this issue. It doesn't uh, teach us to live a life that pleases God, right, to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify from himself the people of his very own, right? We don't have what we need anymore because the person has some kind of issue in their brain that we're going to have to wait that they're going to come up with some kind of uh, pill or something to help them, right? And that's kind of, we've fallen into that as well now because then it's not only, you know, with addictions but all kinds of issues now. If you're angry, well, you must have bipolar. Oh, you went out and spent, uh, you know, you know, $15,000 on your credit cards. Well, you must be bipolar. And so, again, you're taking away that, that moral responsibility from people and diagnosing it as something that's really not. And uh, again, it may make people feel comfortable for a, a short period of time, but it, it actually, again, it changed people to uh, lies. And that's exactly what Satan is, the father of lies. And these lies are manifest in so many ways in our culture, but it's just amazing to me, and, and you see it in just the world at large, that again, things that are evil are called good, and things that are good, like telling people truth, because you know I'm hearing that you know certain you know they, I mean I've heard in places around the world where you know you can't say certain things, and we're going to get to that place if if we keep going down this road where you know they're going to I'm sure they want to close the churches down, they don't want people because it's going to be called hate speech, and I know that. You know, we're seeing some of that happen here and there, but that's yeah. The it's the branding. I, I read an article the other day that talked about victim uh, mentality that's going on. Of course, that's a big thing with addiction that I that I talk about. Mm-hmm. And um, and he was t- yeah. saying that you know Jesus really was a true victim because a victim takes on the sins of another person. So when you're truly Mm. victimized, you're carrying Mm. those sins that someone else has committed. You're now Mm. burdened with them and and it, Mm. it breeds confusion and so much pain and hurt and shame and guilt and, and all that. And, Mm -hmm. um, and he, and they said, you know, the culture is promoting victimhood for people who really truly are not victims. And I think that's what right. you're saying. And then yeah. it ends up making it hate speech when you say something different than that, uh, yeah. contradicting yeah. that. I mean, I don't know 
Jesus would have been crucified like 25 times in the last mm. couple of years if he were walking the earth. I mean, everything yeah. he yeah. said was so countercultural. Yeah. You understand right. in this day and age, we're, we're going to start to see it more and more in our country of, of so-called freedom and free speech, which is really being taken mm. away day by day. We're going right. to see more of that directed toward us, but it's because they hate Jesus and they hate that message. That That's what we're seeing in the world today. And you hit on something right. really important there about the hate speech. Yeah, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. Yeah. If they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. And as the world gets more confused, I don't know if you remember the old song, Ball of Confusion, the old, old song. You're probably not as old as me, but uh, I think the Temptations is not Ball of Confusion. I don't know if you it, but the bottom line is kind of where we are. When you look out the window into the world, you go, what are people thinking? You know, what are they thinking? What are they, you know, it's, 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 how can they believe these things? How can they, it, it doesn't make sense. But I've always told people that sin doesn't make sense. It's not rational. That's right. Sin is not rational. So. Well, and, and these myths are not rational. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. They they actually, they sound good to people. You know, it takes one alcoholic to help another alcoholic. That's basically right. myth six. And myth, myth seven is that addiction is a, is a brain chemistry problem. And I appreciate a guy like Dr. Lance Dodes, who's not a believer, not a Christian. Yeah. He's just a secular psychiatrist doing his job. But he's writing a book, and he's saying... These things that people believe and say are not true, and here's why. Now, we're saying, yes, we agree these are myths, but here's why, biblically, we would go a little further than Dr. Dodes. And so I appreciate a guy like that is willing to stand up, even against his peers and his groupthink, to uh, help us and help the world, his constituents, to help them think about this in a different way. And so, um, Sure, yeah. It's, a lot of the, it seems like a lot of the psychiatrists and psychi- uh, psychologists are, you know, some of them are just really coming out, so to speak, in the second yeah. second. The emperor has no clothes here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, I, I know you're familiar with Dr. Peter Bregan, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's an interesting guy, too, right? He's not a Christian Jewish right. fellow. Right. He's like a very good man in a lot of ways. But just how he fights against... Uh, you know, some of these big pharmaceutical companies. Um, he even went against them uh, with the lobotomies when they were doing lobotomies. So he's an older guy. Yeah. Um, but also fighting against Eli Lilly and because he's and these drugs are, I mean, they're hurting people. It's not like they're helping people. What they're doing is they're, it's, it's kind of like they're, they're putting, killing their personalities. Like a lot of times children with ADHD, so to call it, so-called, you know, they put them on these drugs and they, you know, they look like they lost who they are. It's like they become flat. Yeah. You know, it's very sad, you know. So there are, there are these, these men that are coming out and saying, wait a second, there's something wrong here. Yeah, Bregan, his book, Your Drug mm-hmm. May Be Your Problem or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it, yeah. And I saw a Netflix video. I don't, I don't remember the name of the show. I hate to even mention it. But it was talking about your drug may be your your biggest problem, and it was um, mm. it was so powerful to see people on ADHD medications like Ritalin and and so forth mm-hmm. that uh, really create 
more problems. And this guy was so fidgety and just, you know, shaken. Oh, yeah. He, he yeah. couldn't calm down. Um, maybe it was uh, Take Your Pills. I know that's one movie about it. That might be the mm -hmm. name of it, Take Your Pills on Netflix. But it was mm -hmm. powerful to watch. So sad. It just, it just breaks your heart because I think people's hope yeah is in these pills yeah. To, yeah. to change yeah. it. And, and if you yeah. embrace the wrong diagnosis of the problem and you're calling sin a disease when it's not, it's sin, mm. but and you're embracing that wrong diagnosis, then you're going to come up with a wrong cure, a wrong solution for that. And, and that's why we do what we do. We're not Mr. Popular, you know, you and I, but uh, we are just trying to proclaim the truths of God's word to those who will listen. Mm -hmm. I love our the Addiction Connection logo. It's three crosses. Be, and, mm -hmm. I, and I told them that because I, I, I think about Jesus with the two thieves on the cross or two kleptomaniacs on the cross. Um, that's yeah. a joke. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Jesus with these two men, one of them mocks him and continues to mock mm -hmm. him. The other mm -hmm. one mocks him at yeah. first, Matthew 28, yeah. I think is where it says yeah. that, but he is converted. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. Wow. So you Amazing. see the response to the message that yeah. we're going to proclaim is that it's one way, it's exclusivity of Jesus Christ. There's not Dr. Dode's way, well, that's okay for some people and this other guy's way and this way and that way. There's one way, it's the biblical approach to uh, life's problems and biblical counseling, biblical approach to addiction. That's the one way we are promoting. And so it's not, oh, well, if you have a, a physical problem, you might want to go to this person's approach and deal with that. No, 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 no. It is all through Jesus. He is exclusively the answer because he's the hope of the world. And so I really appreciate Amen. guys Amen. like you, Lou, who stand on that and um, are out there, and we're we're telling this to whoever will listen, and those that reject will be like that one thief on the cross. But those that accept, what a blessing for you and I to get to see that and to know oh, Jesus man. is saying oh, to man. them today, "You'll be with me in paradise." Amen, brother. Amen and amen. All right. Well, we are out of time, but I want to thank my special guests, Lou. Samaritano, to I'm trying to say it the right way. <laughs> <laughs> I always struggle. Um, <laughs> and his website is abiblicalcounselor.com. I want to I want to mention that because you can get counseling from him either in person, face to face, of course, six feet apart these days. But you, or mm -hmm. you can do um, uh, Skype counseling type mm -hmm. thing. So. Um, yeah. But either way, you're going to be blessed when you contact this brother and uh, seek his help, but it's not his help that he's going to give you. He's going to give you the Word of God, and it's going to be the Holy Spirit that helps you through this godly man. And so thank you, Lou, for being on the podcast, brother. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. And thanks for your ministry. Well, we're out of time. I want to thank Lou again, and, and thank you for listening. Join us next time as we... Continue on this special series on the myths of addiction. Amen. Thank you, bro.